Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 665 with Kai Umazawa. Using digital strategies is not unique to one type of customer. It's something that everybody needs to be doing. Um, and so we do our best to try to serve you know, all, all the customers, all, all, the, all the people who operate brick-and-mortar businesses who might want access to tools like these. Are you ready for It Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Were you aware that 89% of guests will research a restaurant online before dining out? This is why it is so important for you to be mindful of what your online presence is. Visit getbento.com slash unstoppable to sign up for your Bento Box website today. Bento Box empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships online. One more time, that is getbento.com slash unstoppable. Everybody loves payday, am I right? But loving your payroll provider, that's a different story. It's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and HR support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and who knows, you might even fall in love. To learn more, head over to gusto.com slash unstoppable. And when you run your first payroll you'll get your first three months free again that's gusto.com slash unstoppable you got to check out wisetail a premier learning management system wisetail is a forward-thinking training and communication platform built to engage today's workforce wisetail is trusted because it grew up alongside some of the most recognized restaurants in the industry, this has helped them shape their products and its functionality through real-world feedback and rigorous testing. WiseTail can help you scale your training initiatives across all locations while empowering your employees to take control of their learning and their professional growth. To learn more, head over to www.wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. And if you use my links, you'll get three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Kai Umazawa. Kai, are you feeling unstoppable today? Always, Aaron. <laughs> Always. <Yeah. laughs> awesome. So I cannot wait to get into this this uh, interview because you're with ZenReach, one of the co-founders of ZenReach, and ZenReach is constantly being recommended on the show. When I'm traveling around the nation, uh, eating wow. out of restaurants, I'm seeing ZenReach pop up when, I, when wow, I'm looking to use cool. the Wi-Fi. So I'm really interested to learn more about Wi-Fi marketing. But let me give you the more formal introduction. Uh, University of Waterloo, dropout. I was corrected. We'll get into that, I'm sure, during your story. <laughs> Kai Umazawa leveraged his software engineering skills for both Facebook and Google before he co-founded ZenReach, a Wi-Fi marketing platform in 2012. Today, in addition to being the co-founder of, of ZenReach, Umazawa serves as head of product for ZenReach. And I really cannot wait to dive into your story to find out how you got to where you are today, what ZenReach is all about, um, and what the future looks like. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or a mantra. What do you got for us? Yeah, Eric, admittedly, I'm not a huge mantra guy, but <laughs> because you were coming in, I put some thought into this and 
I think the idea that's been really motivating me a lot lately has been this idea that the future is not something that happens by accident. The future is built. Um, and I find that to be very, very motivating that everything around us in the world, even this podcast, in fact, somebody had to build um, and to not take that for granted, but also to be motivated by that idea that uh, we all have a role to play in, in, in building the future that we believe can exist. How does that motivate you? Yeah, well, I think um, I'm by nature a very optimistic guy. Um, and so I'm optimistic about the future. I'm optimistic about what our team can create here. I'm optimistic about the people that I interact with every day. Um, and I find it very motivating, this idea that uh, if you believe that something can exist in the world, uh, whether it's a product, a service, um, even something small into your day-to-day, a goal that you have for yourself, um, that that's not just something that you should wait around and hope happens. Uh, life doesn't happen Take to action, you. Exactly. Right? That yeah. you can go out there and really create things. Um, and in fact, everything around you has been created in one form or another. So that's just really motivating because whenever um, an idea seems maybe too ambitious or too out there, yeah. uh, you know, you just look around and there have been a ton of really ambitious, crazy, beautiful things created in the world and they've been created by people. And so there's no reason why you can't go out there and do that yourself as well. Um, and listening to you talk reminds me of a podcast I just recently listened to, um, uh, Jordan Harbinger. I don't know if you're familiar with Jordan Harbinger, but he has a great podcast. He was interviewing somebody in the, the argument or the conversation was around this idea that we are all creators. Yeah. Know, every one of us, if you think you're not creative, that's BS because every, to be human is to be creative. We're constantly thinking and whether it's you're creating a conversation, you're creating, uh, I don't know, any, like anything we do is a creation because it comes from Absolutely. inside of us and we project it out into the world. So if you have that men, that mentality that you're not a creator, that you're not creative, it's BS. We're all creators. So just get out there and get started and start working on whatever it is and, and, and influence that future like you're talking about, right? Definitely. Awesome, definitely. Man. Great way to get this thing started. So where does it make sense to start telling your story? Uh, I mean, for me, it, it really started... Um, I would say I'm what I call a late bloomer in technology. I'm not someone who uh, grew up programming computers by any means, which is sort of the typical story out here in the Valley. Um, I was raised in Toronto. Uh, Both my parents are super creative uh, artists. Um, But I ended up going to school for software engineering, as you mentioned, at the Mm -hmm. University of Waterloo. Um, And that was an eye-opening experience because back to our point, Software engineering is all about building things. And so I think that's really where my story in technology started was really in college. Mm. Um, through college, I had the the uh, great opportunity of working, actually. So I couldn't afford college. That's probably another pretty important part yeah. of my story. <laughs> I couldn't afford to pay for college, which is a very common thing these days. Um, but I was lucky that the way that I ended up paying for college was by working for companies. So I started super, super small, working pretty much for free uh, in programming gigs, building apps for really, really small startups that don't exist anymore in Toronto, um, and slowly but surely graduated to being able to work for companies down here in the Valley. Um, and that's actually how I originally got into sort of the companies that you mentioned, Facebook and Google. And so I would be enrolled in Waterloo up in Canada and then be working for companies down here, paying my way through college. And then at some point, um, uh, my co-founder, who I'm sure we'll get into, kind of said to me, you know, Kai, you're spending all this time and money to get a degree to get jobs that you already have. Like, you should stop doing that and just move down here full time and, yeah. and build companies with me. 
So that's uh, that was really how we started on this Zenrich yeah. journey. And I'm I've kind of given up on the traditional school system to be completely honest because we live in a world today where it doesn't make I just don't think it makes sense. Uh, we've been learning from each other the old fashioned way, you know, mentor mentee, just throwing yourself into it and learning on the job for so long. In the past, like what two hundred years, we yeah. decided to turn that system and say, no, nah, that doesn't work. Let's do like this more traditional, uh, monetized, you know. At, formal education system. Um, I don't think we, we, it's put into our head, but like, I think you're another example of that. If you go surround yourself with people who are doing it right and you go work for free or do whatever it takes to get your foot in the door, they will set you up for success in the future. And I think you're just, I mean, we see it all the time on the, on this podcast working for successful restaurateurs and your story parallels that. Yeah. I I mean, I know that there's definitely a common narrative, (laughs) anti-education or post-secondary education narrative these days. I don't know that I fully agree with that. Mm. What I will say is I think that the mirage is that it's not for everybody. Mm. I think the I think the mistake that we really maybe made over the past twenty five years was this this statement that this is the only path this is the only yeah. path to be successful um, and I think that's certainly not true uh, I think if you were to ask most people going to college they're going to college to get a job but that's not really what the uh, traditional education system was yeah. about right it wasn't about getting jobs yeah. so um, I'm not super negative on it I think it's great for a lot of people. Um, but it, it's certainly not the only way to do things. And yeah. I think people are catching on to that for sure. So you mentioned you moved down here to, uh, uh, be with your business partner yeah. to work on your own project. But before we dive into that, I just got to ask, I mean, you worked for two companies, Google and Facebook that are known for Great being companies. disruptors and having incredible cultures. What did you pick up from those experiences that you can share with my audience before kind of diving into the full Zen reach story? Yeah. And again, I think it actually comes back to the success mantra a little bit. And, and being a late bloomer. So you have to understand, I started working at Facebook, I think, for the first time in 2011. So the company wasn't even public yet. It was much smaller at the mm-hmm. time. It was still massive uh, from a for user-based perspective, but it what, certainly was not what it was today. And I know it sounds silly, Eric, but being a late bloomer and not really being in technology, it didn't even dawn on me that there were people who worked on Facebook, right? It's so obvious, but yeah. you know, growing up, if you're not around computers like Facebook's a website. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't really make sense that there'd be hundreds of people who are working on it. Um, so when I moved down here for the first time, I would say the most eye opening thing for me was just that there was this entire industry of people creating these things that I used every day. Mm. That in and of itself was hugely eye opening, inspiring, motivating. Yeah, that's the word I was coming to my mind, just how much, how inspiring that must've been. Totally. Yeah. And these are really smart people. These are like super, super smart people, super motivated. And again, like I, I like back to the earlier point, Facebook didn't happen by accident. Like it happened because there were a group of super smart, talented people working um, towards a cause. And I think that's something I picked up from both those companies um, uh, and, and carry into the company today. And, and that was probably, you know, I wouldn't say I was a uh, I wasn't born an entrepreneur. But I think seeing those companies and seeing how quickly they grew and how impactful in the world they could be certainly had a, an impact on me and, and how I thought about thought about the world. So when, are you saying that basically being a part of these organizations, seeing that the, that, that all like Facebook had to be created and all these people are coming together and pulling in the same direction to create something? Uh, they're all aligned. Like what, what exactly was it that, that you that you learned from that experience? 
Well, I don't know if I'm quite picking it up. Yeah, I think that, um, again, I think it's easy to go through life taking for granted that these things just exist. Yeah. That Facebook is a website. And I guess in the case of Restaurant Unstoppable, it's, it's easy to go into a restaurant and just pick something off the menu and like not think that, oh, someone has toiled for two weeks coming up with this menu item and putting it together perfectly and thinking about you as the customer. But you can just do that. You, you yeah. can just create that. Um, and never having been in the technology industry before, I guess that had just never dawned on me that you could, again, being a young person, yeah, I think I was probably 19 at the time, 20 at the time, being down here and learning that, that was incredibly motivating that if I had ideas, if I had particular views of, of the world and what the future could look like, that I too could potentially bring people together, yeah. really smart people work on things, compounding intentionality. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and that, uh, we don't have to accept the world the way it is we can bring people together to to build for it so that was incredibly motivating i also obviously learned a lot about software engineering they're probably two of the greatest software engineering companies in the world yeah so i had the luxury of picking up on that i had the luxury of meeting a lot of great people that was a huge part of my story coming down here i would not have met my co-founder had it not been for just being in the network of people so i learned a lot about um how valuable it can be to surround yourself just with talented people yeah um that's a big part of it as well but it was sort of an awakening for me, if you will. That I don't. I think we in the in Silicon Valley take for granted how unique of a place this is mm. in a lot of ways, um, and so it was certainly an eye-opening and very inspiring experience for me. I mean, you're definitely a successful person. The show is all about making an example of successful people. I like to say, behind every great restaurant's a great person, right? Mm. So I think we can just learn from your story up to this point that the power of just putting yourself out there. Um, surrounding yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. And even if it means going to work for free, it won't be free forever, you know, right. but you got to open that door. And then just the, the power of getting people, of, of pulling people together around an idea, right. And giving them a purpose and then compounding on that intentionality. Like we said, is kind of what I pulled from your story up to this point. And I think we got a good idea of who you are. Do you want to add something to that? It looks like you're, no, I, I think that's absolutely right. And again, I would say that that it probably came from, being a little naive, being a little bit of a late bloomer, yeah. you know, not, not being afraid of failure. Not, I was probably screwing up constantly Eric, <laughs> yeah, right? well, that, that's, at, at all of these jobs. But right? you're learning in that process. Totally. So and I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And that kind of made me fearless, I think. Awesome. Um, and so I think that, you know, not being scared of failing is another important thing as Great. well. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we're going to dive into the Zen reach story, uh, how you saw this opportunity and just kind of unpackage it all. Uh, we'll be right back. Bento Box is more, much, much more than just another restaurant website developer. It is a hospitality platform designed to disrupt third-party services that come between the restaurant and the guest. Bento Box puts the restaurant first and offers tools that drive high-margin revenue directly through the restaurant website. These tools allow you to easily update menus, promote and sell events, share your press and media attention with the world, sell gift cards, take catering orders and much much more in other words bento box puts you in control so that you can focus on what matters most your restaurant bento box is trusted and loved by over 5,000 restaurants worldwide because they empower restaurants to own their presence profits and relationships online sign up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable one more time that is getbento.com slash unstoppable we're back and let's just get into the story of how this idea for zen reach bubbled up 
the story really starts, I think, with my co-founder, Jack Abraham, who's now our chairman. He's an he's just an incredible guy. Um, and the story starts with him actually starting a previous company that he sold to eBay. Okay. And that company, you know, to spend just a couple seconds on it, what they did was they indexed all the inventory of real-world retail stores, okay. and they made it available for search online. So if you typed an iPad into a search bar, you know, uh, this company could say, hey, Eric, there's two left in stock down the street from you at Best Buy. You should go check them out. You'd go there, you'd try it, and hopefully you'd buy it, right? Gotcha. Um, and they were super successful at this. They had millions of people on the service. But one problem that they kept running into was that they could never prove to these retail stores that they were the ones driving the foot traffic. Um, and this was sort of this very first um, conceptualization of this idea of what we call sort of the online to offline problem, where over time, people have been spending more and more time on digital mediums, um, and that's where all the attention is going. But still, even to this day, over 90% of commerce happens in the physical world, and there's no way of really connecting those two worlds. And tracking the data behind all these marketing dollars. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And so digital marketing has been growing like crazy. Digital products have been growing like crazy. Business is still happening in the physical world, and there's not a way to tie the two together. Um, now, that phenomenon in and of itself is not an, enough reason to start a company. It's certainly a macro trend. But was, was that the problem you were trying to solve when you were brainstorming with your mentor or the, your business partner? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, absolutely, absolutely. I, but I think the problem is even maybe a little bit more nuanced than that, where if you agree that this trend exists, that we're moving more and more digital, but commerce is still happening in the physical world, you have to ask yourself, you know, what are the problems that exist in that online to offline space? And what we learned is that because digital had been growing so quickly, e-commerce and online commerce, um, the marketing products associated with those were super powerful, right? They were e-commerce stores were going like crazy. But when we went and looked at our local businesses, they weren't benefiting from this huge move in digital. Um, they didn't have access to the same tools that the big e-commerce players did. Um, they didn't understand who their customers were, but e-commerce stores understand their customers. Um, they couldn't automate and personalize. All these things that I think we take for granted um, in digital didn't really exist for physical world business marketing strategies. And so that was really the problem that we were going to customers with, which was, you know, uh, how are you thinking about leveraging digital to help grow your business, right? And what we ran into was that um, there wasn't a great way for a lot of these businesses to do that. So really what you're trying to do is, is were you trying to find a way to track behavior in the physical world? Is that kind of the, the question you were, so you could look at trends? Correct. And, okay. and so, so when we find that people have these problems, the next question is like, well, why? Why is e-commerce so great and physical world marketing struggles, right? Traditional marketing struggles. There's no way to track it. Exactly. <laughs> data, <laughs> yeah. right? What changed with the internet? Data. Yeah. Mm. There's tons and tons of data online and digital companies are incredibly sophisticated in using that data to drive sales. When we went and talked to our friends in local brick and mortar businesses, they didn't have data. They don't know who's coming in their store, right? Or, or their restaurant. They don't know how frequently they're coming. Uh, they know their best customers by name and by face. So in some sense, it's very personal, but then they're not able to use that in any way to grow their business. Well, how do you transfer that information as the owner to the employee? Who, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. Kind of, yeah. And where's where that information housed? When we, when we got started and uh, you know, most of our customers that we went to, the way that they were capturing customer information was through comment cards. Mm. And, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, a comment card is a beautiful thing, Eric. It's like, I care about my customers. I want to hear about them. I want to know who they are. And so I want them to write this comment card. 
What you know, though, is that that comment card then has to be transcribed yeah. by some GM in the back of the house and put into a computer somewhere. And then hopefully you use that information yeah. at some point. Right. And so we looked at that and said, that's broken. And so why is digital not working for for physical world businesses? Because there's no data. And how can we get them data? How can we pull it together very easily for them? And then how can we help them use it? Because that's the other thing. If you've never had data once you get it, you don't know what to do yeah, with it, right? Exactly. Um, and so that was really the, the genesis of the company was this idea that there is data in the physical world that you can use if you look hard enough. And how can we make that really easy for brick and mortar businesses to get access to? Um, and then how can we help them use it in the same way that an e-commerce store might online? So when did the light bulb go off that we're going to use Wi-Fi? When was that like, okay, that's our ticket? When did you realize that was going to happen? Yeah, so... You know, <laughs> we were actually hacking around on a bunch of other ideas. And one thing that we were doing was looking at Wi-Fi. The, the thing that's interesting about Wi-Fi is that at the time, again, if you sort of rewind, one thing that was changing was everyone was walking around with a Wi-Fi device in their pocket. Mm. That had changed. One of the first problems we had to solve was, okay, if we want to collect a lot of data, uh, we need it in a way that's very easy for the business owner to do. Right. If we if they have to get an app installed and get every customer to install an app or something, too many, too many hoops to jump. Yeah, exactly. So it has to be something that's very pervasive. Everybody has. And at the time, one thing that had changed was every smartphone was becoming Wi-Fi enabled. Mm-hmm. Everyone was walking around with a Wi-Fi enabled device in their pocket. And we learned that Wi-Fi is a great way of detecting people as they move in and out of uh, physical spaces. When you go home, your phone detects that you're home and automatically connects your, to your, yeah, and then your you're, Wi-Fi then network. You're plugged into the web. Exactly. Right? You're in, the, you're in the, the system. Exactly. And so because it was so pervasive, that's where we started down that, that road was this sense of, okay, if we go to a business owner, it has to be something they already have in their business. Everyone's going to have Wi-Fi. Check. Yep. And it has to be something that every single one of their customers is going to be using. Um, and at the time, Wi-Fi had just sort of gotten as a default thing on on every smartphone and everybody had it on by default which meant that we were able to pick up all the customers who are coming and going through these businesses our view now is that wi-fi is just sort of the first step if you will that if you think about it at the time there wasn't a lot of things in in these businesses that were digital um but now i would almost argue uh there's so much in these businesses that are digital now right if you think about a restaurant there's probably four different delivery tablets. The point of sale system is now cloud managed. Maybe they even have some software managing their phone. So when we first got started, there wasn't too much of that. And so we started with Wi-Fi. Uh, for ZenReach today, though, we recognize that there's so many other ways that are that customers are interacting with businesses in the physical world with digital touch points. And we think we can bring all of that together for our customers. So we kind of, I think we've pretty much well explained the how it works. Sure. Right. But Let's get a little bit deeper into exactly what data were you going after in the beginning? Were you just looking to see when people were literally checking in and checking out? Is that when they got there and when they left? Are you just looking for that 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 routine, that behavior? Is that the the biggest asset at that point? Yeah. So I think um, maybe to actually take a step back, okay, and 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 talk through how should a business owner even really think about their marketing Mm -hmm. and growing their business, right? Even outside of digital. I think one thing that we know from the online world, if you've worked at Facebook or Google or in e-commerce, one concept that you have is a concept of segmentation and lifetime value. One of the reasons why you want to understand your customer base is you want to understand 
questions like, who's my most loyal customer? What does that person look like, right? Um, who are my not so loyal customers, right? And try to understand who makes up your, your customer base. Um, and so the very first thing we wanted to look at was helping businesses understand their customers better. Who's coming frequently? Uh, who's a first-time customer? Who's a repeat customer? Who's someone who used to come frequently all the time but hasn't been back? And starting to segment our, our customers' customers, if you will, our clients' customers into those buckets. Because what you want to do is you want to start treating those customers differently. Again, if you were to you know, rewind six years, probably the marketing that some of our restaurant clients were doing is they'd maybe send out a newsletter every month to everybody, mm-hmm. right? That's not really how it works online, right? Online, it's like if you're a super loyal customer, you get the sweetest the yeah. sweetest stuff sent to you. If you're a lost customer, they're trying to bring you back. Yeah. And so that was sort of the first step is can we segment a, a business's customers for them based on lifetime value? Okay. So if you have this Wi-Fi device that is – the way that I know it works, you basically go into a restaurant – Break out your your phone or your computer. You want to tap into the Wi-Fi. You enter your name and your email. Mm-hmm. So from that information, I can see that um, okay, they they know who I am and when I'm here. But how are you further developing segmentation? How like how do you know what their their buying habits are? Uh, what age they are? What sex they are? I mean, are you are you just asking for this information or is it tied into the POS system? Like, how does that work? A combination of all of the above. So the first thing to note is we can, we can see every time that customer comes back because of your phone trying to connect to remembered networks. Right. So every time you come back, we can understand that Eric's coming to Kai's pizza shop. Um, and he's been here 10 times and then all of a sudden he stopped coming. So we can tell that just through the Wi-Fi. Yes, yeah, so you know their behavior, but Correct. how are you finding out more demographic information, like purchasing habits and stuff like that? Great question. So the next step was, okay, once we know their physical world behavior, which is already groundbreaking, right? I yeah. think it's worth stating that you can do a lot with just that as a business owner. Yeah. Wait, before we get into it, yeah. what, what can you do with that? I'm curious. Sure. Send you too far yeah. <laughs> down another rabbit hole. Well, again, you can start treating those customers differently and you can start automating. So back to this lost customer example, if you will. Um, if I know that you used to be a very low loyal customer, you were generating a huge amount of revenue for my business and you stopped coming. That's a very important event. But as a restaurateur today, that would be actually be something that would be pretty hard to see, right? So through behavior, I can know that you're, you were loyal, you've stopped coming, and I can reach out to you in a timely way, personalized to you based on your behavior. Staying top of mind. Basically. Exactly. And I think, again, this is something that's so taken for granted online, which is that my customers behave, rather than sort of mass spray and pray marketing to everybody, I'm going to treat each customer individually much like you would in your store, exactly. but I'm going to do that on online through digital mediums. So that's just through behavior alone. You can start to treat people differently. I, I remember when we were starting off, I heard some crazy stat, which was like for most uh, restaurants, 60% of their revenue comes from like less than 15% of their most loyal customer base. So it's the 80, 20 rule. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so losing one of those really valuable customers is Huge. super, super painful. Yeah. And then the game becomes, how do you take a new customer and convert them? into a loyal customer. And that's a journey that they have to go through. And ZenReach's marketing and, and many other tools out there can help graduate customers from being a first-time customer to falling in love with your business, falling in love with your brand, getting them to come back, keeping them loyal. And then hopefully, if they, uh, if they become lapsed, if they become lost, bringing them back. So that's just through behavioral alone. Um, 
then you said, well, how can how can we understand their their Thank purchasing intent? <laughs> yeah, their their purchasing intent and um and and who they are. Yeah. So you can absolutely ask, and we have a lot of businesses that do that. Uh, you know, you can ask questions while people are logging on, like, um, what's your favorite football team, mm. for example, right? Sports bars might might want that and might want to tailor marketing to you yeah. based on that, right? Um, but one of the great things about partnering with a tech forward company is we're aware of the ecosystem that already exists. And so there's all these other services out there that can already pull in demographic information about customers based on sort of social media profiles, et cetera. And that already happens online today. Mm-hmm. So any digital e-commerce company is already what we would call as enriching their data. They're taking their customer data and they're trying to understand their customers a little bit more through data partnerships. Um, and so we've just leveraged those exact same partnerships, but we've brought them to uh, customers who probably didn't realize that those exist out there. So we take behavior data, we enrich it with survey data, as we sort of call asking questions. We enrich it with um, with demographic data that we might pull from online. Yeah. And then we're also enriching it with data from other sources that are in the business. So if you have a point of sale, yeah. right, and you're using that for email receipts, that point of sale can link to that behavior data and can link into what is this person purchasing? Do they love the hamburger here? Well, maybe if I add a new hamburger to the menu, I should do some personalized outreach to them. So we're also enriching it with the other data available in the business as well. One thing you mentioned, I mean, maybe this is getting a little bit into a, um, another side topic, but regarding fields, right? I've heard um, just through studying marketing for my own business sure. that you really don't want more than two fields. If you start asking for more than two things, people start going, screw this. Like, Definitely. Yeah. And typically they say, ask for the email, ask mm-hmm. for the name. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, like, just be happy that you're getting an email. And totally. Name, right? right. Um, where, what have you found as far, if we were to adopt ZenReach, say tomorrow, and sure. we, just, we were like, what questions are we going to ask? Is there anything you, you want to like warn people about with getting too crazy with the ask? Yeah. So we recommend just asking for the email and yeah. that's because we can enrich it. Now, if there's something that's specific to, or maybe let's flip the question on its head. Why do you want that piece of data? Right. I think that's a really important question to ask. If you're going to do something with it, then there's value in collecting it. Don't just ask your customers a million questions for for no reason. Yeah, be so, intentional. Again, and, back to what we, how we started the conversation. Correct. Intentionality. Exactly. And so we, we recommend an email because we can go out and get a bunch of additional information. You also don't have to do it right in real time. So you can, again, that loyal customer might be more likely to want to give you some more information than a first-time customer. Mm-hmm. So maybe on someone's 10th visit, you follow up via email or text message, and then you ask for, yeah. hey, we've noticed you really been coming a lot tell us a little bit yeah. more about yourself one other thing we haven't even mentioned up yeah. to this point which i think is kind of funny the, w- what you're doing with ZenReach essentially is building your list everybody that right. comes into your restaurant and wants to use wi-fi which is like what's the, what's the average amount of do you know how many numbers to back that up is like 50 percent of people that go into a restaurant try to tap into the wi-fi is there numbers it's certainly not that high i think with with si- sure. numbers up sure we, we see if it's like well promoted and with signage in certain types of businesses it'll be as high as 18 percent. okay that's still huge yeah, think about every absolutely. person if you're getting out of every person that walks into that's your restaurant right. you're gonna get 18 percent of their emails so if you have thousands of guests which most restaurants do that's a huge list. Exactly. You know, that's yep. a huge list to, to, to market to, to put into segmentations. So that alone, I mean, we haven't even talked about the value of that alone, being able to capture the email. Yeah, and I would agree. And, and maybe to put ZenReach aside for a second, I think one thing we always try to talk to our customers about is just missed opportunities in their businesses, right? It's obvious to us because we're tech forward people 
But if you just take a step back and think about what are all the touch points I have with my customer? Are they digital? Are those opportunities to capture some form of data that would then allow me to serve that customer better? Wi-Fi is one example of that, you know, the point of sales another, but there's so many of these opportunities. And I think, again, being intentional about it, if you can just take a step back, you'll realize, you know, oh, actually we have all these opportunities already. We don't need to introduce some new crazy yeah. program in our store that doesn't feel comfortable to us. We're already doing these things. We're just not making the best use of them. So ZenReach helps with that, to your point, to, to build lists that, uh, you know, I think we say five times faster, right? I, I promise it's faster than anything that they're doing today, but it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just leveraging the stuff they already have in store. Yeah, awesome. Um, so one more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to talk about the future of ZenReach, the new technology that you're looking to maybe play with. Uh, who knows what we'll discuss. We'll be right back. It's the entrepreneurial myth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's the idea that when you open your own restaurant, life is going to get easy because you get to do exactly what it is that you love, whether that's front of house or back of house. And then reality kicks in, right? You've got to do all this other stuff that comes with owning a business like taxes, HR, payroll, really boring stuff. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small business. And if you want to add on 401k or health benefits, it's a breeze. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the modern small business. Not to mention, you, you've got to compete with the big guys. But how do you compete with the big guys when you don't have big guy bucks? Well, with Gusto. That's how. Get back to doing what it is you love and let Gusto handle the rest. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll get your first three months free when you run your first payroll. That's Gusto.com slash unstoppable. Again, Gusto.com slash unstoppable. Your job as a restaurant owner or manager is to paint a picture of the job done right and to empower your employees with the tools and knowledge they need to excel. This is why you need to check out Wisetail, a premier learning management system trusted by our industry's most recognized names. With Wisetail, quickly scale your training initiatives across all locations, empower your employees to take control of their own learning and professional growth, foster communication and engagement through their integrated training and communication tools and ensure long-term scalable success with the help of their best in breed client experience team. They'll take you from goal setting and implementation to ongoing strategy and best practices training to make sure you maximize your ongoing investment in your training and your programs. And if you use my links, you'll get three months free after signing up for a year contract. Again, that's wisetail.com slash unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. All right, we're back. And uh, we've been talking a lot about your history, uh, how Zen Reach works, how it's actually capturing the data. But what do you do with it once you have it? Like, what's like, what, once we have all the stuff, like, do you coach people through the service on how to use it? Like, where does it end? Yeah, definitely. There's a ton of that. And so Zen Reach is a marketing focused product. So we focus specifically on marketing. And what is marketing? It's helping to grow your business, right? And for any digital marketing strategy, there's some things that I think uh, are taken for granted online that are maybe new concepts for people who are running restaurants, running brick and mortar. The first is segmentation, which we've talked a lot about once you have the data. The second is automation and personalization. 
And then the third is uh, measurement. And so this, this measurement concept is really, really important. Um, but essentially, once you have the, the segments, you can automate reach, reach out to them, to the right audience, if you will, um, through email, through paid advertising, et cetera. Um, but then you get to this last piece, which is measurement, which is really important. And that is knowing whether or not what you're doing is working. And I think this is the, probably the biggest missed opportunity in marketing for brick-and-mortar businesses is when you post on Facebook, when you send that email when you send that text message, is it resulting in customers in your door? Online, all digital marketing is measured. Did someone fill out the shopping cart? Did they not? But when it comes to the physical world, uh, we just hope, we cross our fingers and, and pray that it works. Um, and so that's that's sort of that last key step is once you have data, you can not only say, okay, you know, Eric is a loyal customer. On his 10th visit, I'm automatically going to send him a personalized uh, gift, thanking him for being such a great customer. You can do all of that, but then you can also know, did Eric walk back into my business after mm-hmm. I did that? What was the, what was the result? Of right. The result. And as a re- Exactly. And then as a business owner, what am I interested in? What's my return? Okay, great. I spent all this money on these tools. I spent this money on this reward for Eric. Did it result in Eric coming in and spending more on my business and having my business grow? And that's one thing that's existed in digital because of data forever, closing that loop. Um, And that's something that's now possible in the real world as well. And so we always encourage all of our customers, hey, you know, if nothing else, ZenReach will tell you if it's working or not, right? Or any service out there, right? Like if a service can't tell you if it's working you should you should question it a little bit. Yeah, right? I mean, we, we hear all the time you you got to know your numbers, right? Right. That's like perfect. What does what the hell does that mean? Well, it means what are your numbers so you know what they were last week versus last year, and so you can see the trend. Am I doing better? Or am I doing worse? And that's why we need we need to know our numbers so we can track the trends. And what I'm hearing from you is what this this allows you to do is to track the impact of your investment in this marketing service. Are we getting a return on this investment? And you can see whether or not you are or you aren't. That's, that's what right. I'm picking up. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and I think that's the probably one of the most important things is we hear from a lot of people. I know marketing's important. I know I should be doing it. I don't know how much, right? Mm. I don't know if it's working. Um, and so you need to find a partner or a tool that can give you that answer, right? Uh, when when uh, when our customers ask me like how much, how, how many campaigns should I be doing per month? Well, I'd say, well, how many are going to work? Yeah right? Your business is totally different than the next three. What's good for your business? And we need to know what's working. Can you give us some examples of some numbers people come back at you with saying after implementing ZenReach, like we saw like blankety blank increase or whatever. Can you share some of those numbers on ballpark? Yeah, definitely. So here's some surprising stuff. So we allow our customers to do just about any kind of marketing campaign they want to do through the tool. And what's super surprising is that um, the things that they think are working might or might not actually be working. And so we have customers, this is a pretty, this would be like a pretty standard thing that we'd see. A customer will come on, they'll run a campaign out to let's, let's say, you know, a thousand of their customers that they think is a super effective campaign to run through email, let's say. And they'll see something like a 2% walkthrough rate is what we'll call it. So 2% of those people actually walk back into the business within seven days. You're talking uh, about like a standard email marketing campaign correct. on say your your MailChimp, your whatever That's right. platform, That's right. AWeber, whatever you're using. That's right. And so if you do it through ZenReach, you can actually see how many people came through. And we'll see those, their best performing will get 2% of the people back within seven days, okay. right? So I have a new menu item. Every time I do menu items, it works like a charm. We'll see 2%. 
So we allow them to do that. They can see that. Then we'll do like automated messages. So we talked a lot about lapsed customers. So I'll say there, people who used to be super loyal, but haven't been back and we'll recommend, well, why don't you try just enticing something? You already know they're loyal. So it's not like you're doing couponing to just get anybody in the door. You know that this is a high value customer. They'll set up a campaign like that and they'll see like a 26% walkthrough rate, Mm. right? And so, and that's just like, we see that all the time, right? And so for me, that's really powerful because one, I'm always interested in things that are like counterintuitive that run counter to what I believe, right? And because I think you learn the most when Mm -hmm. when you do that. What's so interesting to me about that is a lot of the times, because we're so passionate about our businesses, we're so passionate about marketing, this even happens with me at ZenReach, we like to tell ourselves that, the things that we're most excited about are the things that are working. But when you look at the numbers, that might or might not be the case. Yeah, and bias, for totally, sure. yeah. totally. And there can be all these other types of strategies that you could be using, which might not be the first idea that you come up with, but are much more effective. And so again, you know, knowing your numbers, seeing that measurement, that's key. Um, and even good results aside, even to just know that things aren't working is, is super powerful as well. Two questions that came to my mind while you were sharing that. The first question is ZenReach in itself a marketing platform. Are you, are you delivering the emails through ZenReach like oh, a Weber or a MailChimp? Is it that service in itself? Definitely. So you okay. can definitely do that through ZenReach today. Uh, we also understand that people have other tools as well. So if they want to export their data and, and operate in other tools, they can certainly do that. They'll lose out on some of the features because to offer that end-to-end closed-loop experience, yeah. we need to do it through our system. But certainly, uh, we we try to do our best to serve our customers in the way that they want. So ZenReach is also providing the Wi-Fi. Is it just a router? So are, are you? What exactly is the te- like the hardware involved? Great question. Yeah. So uh, we can do it one of two ways. We actually work with probably the vast majority of most you know wi-fi router hardware that's out there um, so if you have some existing hardware that we support we just ride on the back of that it's actually all configured into the, in the cloud it's all magical it's just a couple configurations if you don't have one of those we also have partners that can sell you a piece of hardware that that works but excuse me more off, more often than not um, we can support sort of the the hardware you'd expect to see in a restaurant. So you're just redirecting the Wi-Fi signal. Correct. Exactly. Your software. Exactly. Got you. Yeah. Uh, and the other question I had, um, as far as the, the versatility you have with the, uh, the I guess the automation. So some of these the, the examples I picked up just through conversation. If after say on the tenth visit that shows that this person's loyal, they get a discount. Uh, if they haven't been in for X amount of days, that's a, that's a trigger. So yep. what are the different, how much versatility do we have with these triggers? These, these things that, you know, if this, then that there's a ton of versatility. So we talked about demographics. We talked about data enrichment. We talked about behavior. We talked about point of sale data. You can trigger and slice and dice by any of those fields. We have a lot of recommendations. I'm going to say, I'm sure there's best yeah, practices. Exactly. So you don't have to like invent all these. No, things. not at all. When you, when you work with us, um, and, and sign up, we have a bunch of standard recommended things that we, we, uh, try to educate on, but you know, as you know, business owners are super passionate people. We have some power players too, who want to go in there and, and, and tweak the knob. So you can, you can go as crazy as you want, or you can have as uh, simple, straightforward of a program as you want as well. Awesome. Well, about ready to wrap up, but I'm just curious about what the future of yeah. ZenReach looks like. You talked about all these enriching data points that, um, these areas that we can pull data and use that data to enrich our bigger picture. Uh, how do you, plan to evolve this platform to play well with other technologies so you can enrich that data. Yeah. So I think there's sort of two things that are 
the future of, of ZenReach, if you will, that are, t- that are top of mind. The first is exactly what you're talking about, which is that we hear from customers all the time, which is that I don't want an, yet another tool. All these things need to play together nice. Like I'm super busy. Don't make me have a ZenReach for point of sale and a ZenReach for Wi-Fi. And a, I want all these things to work together. So one big push for us is to continue to make it really easy for as business owners introduce new pieces of technology into their storefronts to make it really easy to get that into ZenReach for them so that they get all the benefits of the automation, the personalization, the measurement uh, enriched with that that new data. So that's that will forever be something that we're focused on as things change in the world and there's new technology in storefronts. So that's a big thing for us. The second thing that we've been hearing from customers a lot, which is a pretty natural progression, is we've talked a lot about how uh, data can help you serve your existing customers better, um, but it can also help you get new customers too. And this is something else that, again, in the digital world is sort of taken for granted. That well, you're creating an avatar, right? You're seeing trends of the type of person that comes in here. Exactly. And now you're like, oh, I know who likes to come in here. So where are those people in my community? A hundred percent that you, I couldn't have said it better myself. And so we are, we are now trying to help our businesses find those people. And then to my earlier point, you know, segment those people, automate reaching to them. And then most where importantly, they out. where they hang <laughs> yeah. out and then measure, right? If I'm going to run this Instagram ad, I want to know, like, well, did if it bring you have a list people? of emails, could you take that data, plug it into say Facebook and say, okay, like, Let's find out these people that we have on our list. What what are they doing on Facebook? What what communities are they following? What groups are they a part of? Can you get that kind of like? I mean, it's separate from yeah. You you could, so well. So we actually do a lot of that kind of stuff. We oh, really? we we will help our customers get in front of their prospects and their clients on whatever platform they need help with. And so you're absolutely right. So we can do things like, um, gee, Eric's one of your most loyal customers. What does he do? Mm. Right? Where does he frequent? Okay, let's go find people who behave like Eric but have not been to your store yet, Mm. right? And then what's the best way to get in front of him? Let's show an ad on Instagram. And then most importantly, if we do that, let's measure whether or not that actually causes him to walk in for the first time. So acquiring customers is something I've never met a business that didn't want more customers. Uh, We've heard that loud and clear from our customers. Um, And so that's sort of the second big focus for us is how can we help business owners, restaurateurs, not only engage with their existing customer bases more uh, and make sure that we maintain that loyalty, but also help them acquire new customers as well. Awesome. Um, I'm loving this conversation. Is there anything we did not bring to the surface, anything you were hoping we would discuss, but didn't get around to now's the time to get it out. Yeah. I I think for me, so first and foremost, you know, uh, we were talking beforehand, huge fan of the podcast and most importantly, really big fan of restaurateurs. I mean, I, anybody at the company knows that I, eat out seven times a week, not because I lack life skills, but just because I love going to restaurants. And I think it's, it's awesome. And so, you know, whether it's ZenReach or anything, I w- the thing I would say is just get started. Mm. Um, you know, marketing is about growing your business. It can be this very hairy, intimidating thing. It's hard to quantify. It, it feels like a time suck, um, but you got to be doing it and you should be doing it in an informed, intentional way that is ROI positive. You know, we would never ask a ZenReach customer that isn't getting the results in the campaigns that they're doing to continue with us, right? And I think that that's a, that's a really important thing is I think we're now in a world where physical world businesses have avenues to have really measured digital strategies. And so I just encourage people to get started and, and learn um, 
And the sooner you get in there, the sooner you'll learn, the sooner you'll iterate, and hopefully you see great results in your business. Awesome. Um, and I started this episode by saying that uh, the reason why you're here is because I've, I've encountered Zen Reach countless times just through my journeys across the country. Uh, people have recommended it a bunch of times on the show. So this isn't a paid episode. Like you're not here because you're paying to deliver a message. I'm, I want to make an example of what my guests are recommending, what people, what leaders throughout the industry are using. Uh, can you think of some, some leaders, some, uh, maybe some, some folks that you're, you're proud of that have as clients? Is that something we're allowed to disclose? Yeah. Well, I, so to give, you, to give the listeners an idea of the, 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 the organizations that are lever, leveraging this technology to, to kind of back up your, uh, yeah, it, it really runs the gamut. I mean, I, I social proof, I guess. I yeah, guess sure. sure. So we just actually had a company summit a couple of weeks ago yeah. in Arizona where we brought the whole company together. We have three offices, Canada, uh, Arizona, San Francisco. We brought them all together. And part of that summit was getting together a customer panel because we're a big believer in getting to know our customers and hearing from them. And so because they came to that, I'm sure they'd be comfortable with us sharing that um, Doghouse, uh, which is an incredible concept uh, with hot dogs and burgers and stuff. They, Based they, out of Los Angeles, right? I believe so. I and believe they're going to so. be on the show, which is kind of funny in like oh, perfect. a couple of weeks. So. We, we love them. They've been with us for a really long time and uh, we, we owe them a ton. They've helped improve the product a ton. So they're, they're, they've been with us. Um, we also have Joey Restaurants Group, which is a Canadian-based brand, but is, is launching in the U.S. as well um, that has a uh, you know, brings back memories of going out and getting steaks at their restaurants in Toronto. So they're a great brand, but you know, we really run the gamut from, you know, our favorite sports bar down the street here. I'm sure they wouldn't mind me giving a shout out. The final final <laughs> is a family owned uh, sports bar. One of the most beloved in San Francisco, everything from that up to another customer at the summit was a, a global golf course management company called Troon that manages some of the most beautiful golf courses globally. So um, again, you know, the using digital strategies is not unique to one type of customer. It's something that everybody needs to be doing. Um, and so we do our best to try to serve, you know, all, all the customers, all, all the, all the people who operate brick and mortar businesses who might want access to tools like these. Awesome. And if my listeners are, you know, listening to this and they're, and they're interested and they want to learn more, more, where's the best place to go? Where, where do we send the listeners that they want to start leveraging this technology in their business? Wow. I guess a good place to start would be zenreach.com, www.zenreach.com. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably a good place to start. You can find a lot of information and, you know, we're, we have a, a great team. We're always happy to take a call. So, um, give us a call and, and, uh, even if it's just for information, we're, we're happy to spend the time. Awesome. And I wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. I didn't give you this heads up. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but we, that's how I find my future guests. So who is a restaurant operator, somebody you respect and admire who's doing it right? Who can I, who can I make an example of? Call somebody up. Wow. Well, you're already going to have spot. You're already going to have the dog house folks on, which we're huge, huge fans of. Um, I'll take that one. I'll, you know what? You have another one like right on the tip of your tongue. You know what? I they, I don't think they're a customer, but I live in the neighborhood just here, and I frequent um, Maybex, which is sort of this cool Italian, you know, cocktail bar restaurant concept. Um, they do a really on Wednesdays. Oh man, this is so funny! I'm giving Maybex <laughs> a shout out. They're they're not going to know that I'm uh, I'm I'm crushing on them. I'm a huge fan. Um, they do this really cool thing on Wednesdays where. Uh, 
they'll walk everybody into the kitchen to do a ceremony of cutting beef Wellington, mm. which is, and it's incredible beef Wellington. And so it's this really great experience where my wife and I will go, uh, we'll wait our turn. We'll walk into the, the, the kitchen. They give this big spiel about beef Wellington, cut it. And then you go back to your table and eat it. Mm. Uh, super creative, super delicious. Uh, shout out to Maybex in oh, San Francisco. Beautiful. Maybex, look up, coming after you. And uh, just again, thank you so much for taking the time to share the, your story, the Zenridge story. And uh, hopefully we're all just a little bit more unstoppable after listening. And just again, thank you. Uh, there is no questioning. You, my man, Kai, are unstoppable. Thanks, Eric. Cheers. Thank you, Sacramento and San Francisco. Great interviews. Uh, thank you for everybody who took the time to come on the show. Thank you for everybody who took the time to support the show. Uh, people, my listeners, people who are hosting me, people who are connecting me with their network. Man, uh, the support is just overwhelming and so uh, appreciated. And I am now in San Diego. So um, if you can think of anybody you respect and admire, somebody I need to make a, an example of on the show, please put them on my radar. And I want to connect with you. Uh, let's grab a beer. Let's grab some coffee. Let's let's. Let's talk about how I can make this show better. Let's talk about what you like about the show. Or if you're not in San Diego, but you want to join the community, head over to Facebook and search Unstoppable Restaurant Owners and Operators, and you'll find the private Restaurant Unstoppable group. Join the group. Join the conversation. Let's grow this community. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.